0: Son of God, and I really started to um, just uh, research and, and search out for the truth. And uh, I grew up believe I grew up being told that, but when it really comes down to devoting your life to Him, you got to believe it, right? And uh, I wasn't there. And uh, to me, uh, the Christmas story was a lot. It was about the mule and, and, and the manger. You know, that was the Christmas story. And, and last week we did an awesome play. Last week, right? And we saw the Christmas story. But I didn't understand the Christmas story spiritually. And so I remember studying the Bible. You know, we read through the book of John. And over in John chapter 20, you won't look there, but it says, uh, these things have been written so that you may believe. And I had already read the whole book of John, but I still didn't believe. And yet it said, these things were written so that you may believe. It was decision time for me. And, um, and so uh, one night, I, was, uh, I called out to God. I was in my room, and I said, God, um, if you're out there, I want to know. And, uh, and then so from that then, I, I, I picked up the Bible on my own, and I'd opened it up to John chapter 1 and started reading all over again. And something happened where the Word of God was not only just going into one ear and out the other. Right. But it started penetrating my heart. And so John chapter one is the Christmas story without the mule, the manger and all those things. It's the spiritual story of Jesus's birth. But in order for me to really kind of explain it and go through, uh, um, you know, okay, you guys all remember uh, John chapter three, verse 16. Right. For God so loved the world. Right. That he gave his one and only son in the whole world. We love that scripture. And we think, yeah, you know, God is so loving, he's so full of mercy, and he is, is he not? But that's not the point of that scripture. Because as you read it, a couple of verses down in 19, it says, and here's the verdict. And this is what God says is the verdict. The verdict is that people prefer the world over God's uh, one and only son. Whom he gave up. You understand that? You, you see that connection? You know we want to talk about the nice stuff, but but there's a whole different reason why God says that, and we got to go ahead and read on. And so, John chapter one. Let's uh, we're going to read John chapter one, verses uh, one through eighteen. Um, I don't know if we're going to be able to put up the scriptures up there today, but uh, in John chapter one, uh, let's go ahead and read. It says there. Uh, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that had been made, that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came to, as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into this world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only. He who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him who cries out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace we have all received. One blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Wow. What a scripture, right? And you can imagine the first time when you actually believe this. That's what happened to me. When I actually believed this when I believed that in the beginning that it wasn't just God but that Jesus was there in the beginning that the power of this word it says the word capital word logos in Greek it has such deep meaning for the Jews for the Israelites You know, the prophets would say, for the word of the Lord says, and they would take it as this is God's saying to me. The Greeks used it as uh, this. um, The force of nature was the logos. And so you see these, these you see these deep meaning words. And it says the word. Became. Flesh. God, since the beginning, tried to get us into his realm, but we couldn't because we're too sinful. So God sends his son down to say, we are not going to go into their realm. And you will become one of them. The word became flesh. You know, and there are religions that try to put additional things in there. and my, my Bible says in verse 1, and the word was God. Right? There are other religions that put and the word was a God. Little G. Not big G. Because they don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He is God in the flesh. And so they make it out to be like, oh, you know, like there's, uh, there's other typical, there are other a-gods. Like money could be, A God. No, that's not what this is saying. This is God in it. You know, and the thing that that uh, and he is the light that enlightens all of us. You know, and and I remember just in verse 10 where it says, But you know, he came, everything was built through, through him, but people didn't recognize him. They didn't acknowledge him. And I remember like, wow, what a diss. That's like. You inviting somebody into your house, and they just totally use it all up. They totally take the full benefits of it all. They never acknowledge it as your home, as your stuff. No thank you. It's like this was all theirs, and they just and, and it, they had an entitled issue uh, attitude, and they used it all up. How would you feel? You'd be like, man, you know, so angry, so upset. I remember a time where I, I, uh, I allowed somebody to, you know live in my home for a couple of weeks, you know, to try to help them, uh, you know, get a job, and then, and then move on. Just a good deed out of a Christian. You're just helping them out. And, and uh, that couple of weeks turned into a couple of months. And then that turned into, uh, hey, can we get cable so I can watch the WWE thing? I was like, oh. Right? I'm like, I said, hey, this isn't helping you out anymore. And you're making me struggle. You got 30 days. You know, You know, I lent him my car. I gave him all. Everything. And then left with a bad attitude because I asked him to leave. You know? He apologized a couple years later. <laughs> Amen. But isn't that what God would be feeling here? He came to his own. And, and, and the point of this passage is, yes, that it is God in the flesh. But the point of the passage is, some have accepted him, and some have not accepted him. They have rejected him. They've not understood him. You know, I have a, and he is light. You know, when you don't realize your sinfulness, you think you're in the light. You know, I have a family member who, do, who, who thinks he hasn't sinned. He's never sinned. You know, and so to him, he's like, I'm in the light. And we're all like, dude, you are in the dark, man. You know, but but you got to acknowledge it. You got to recognize it to be able to see the light. And he's full of grace and full of truth. He says that all of our blessings that we see blessing upon blessing, grace upon grace. Isn't that how you feel as a disciple of Jesus, as a true follower of Jesus, that it's... Just blessing after blessing after blessing. And then you even mess up. And then God even continues to bless you because you got up and you repented. And it's blessing after blessing. He goes, that's what Jesus gives to us. And I remember just reading the verse where it says, But those who accepted the message, he gives them the right to be called children of God. And that blew me away because I said to myself, Whoa, I need to listen to these guys. They are the children of God. And there was a respect that came on me right away that I knew that if I did not listen to them, I was not listening to God. And He gives us that, you know. And so, guys, I want to ask you. Have you made Jesus Christ Lord of your life? Oh, and day after day, do you continue to make those decisions? And you keep coming to him. Some of you, God is calling you. You know, it's so great because we had uh, Jesus Alcedo. He got baptized last week. Amen. He's back there, Jesus. They They like that. You know, today at 2 p.m. in Manhattan Beach, uh, Paul Kim is going to be getting baptized today as well. And then, guys, and then now you're going to hear from three awesome children of God. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and bring up uh, Thelma, and they're going to share just uh, what, what Christ's birth means to them. Then I'll come back, and I'll, and I'll lead us in a word of prayer, and we'll take communion together. Amen? All right, I give you guys Thelma.
1: Good morning, everybody. Um, like Edgar Sarah, I'm Thelma Federico, and um, fortunate in, I was very fortunate in the fact that my parents uh, raised me from a very young age to go to church every Sunday, and with that belief, um, I was able to know that Jesus was real. Jesus, There was a Jesus. I didn't quite understand who he was, or I didn't grasp the totality of who Jesus was. I just knew that he had died on the cross. I remember at Bible Sunday Bible school I'd have to go up and they had us go up and say Jesus died for me Um, but I didn't quite understand what that meant Um, but fortunately at the age of 18 um, my sister um, pretty much uh, finagled me um, to meet sisters in the Tucson church and uh, they did not let me get away um, from studying the Bible. And um, they would sit in front of my dorm and look me in the eye as i come across. And I'd try to hide. There's only way, one way into my dorm, <laughs> so there was no way to not see them. But thankfully, Christine was very, very tenacious. And she sat down and studied the Bible with me. And the first time I read about discipleship, and um, I was like, whoa, this is the real Jesus right here. And I wasn't sure. I was 18 years old. I was ready to face college life and live the life that you always dream as a kid, right? Well, at least I did. Um, To live it out, party hard. Um, But God had a different plan for me. Um, I studied the Bible, and I chose to make Jesus Lord, and thankfully, because Jesus was born, that pivotal moment where I opened the Word and saw who He was, I definitely was able to see the power of who He could be in my life. Um, There was no way I thought I would never live a party life. Um, You know, uh, there was just... It was just something I thought I would be and do. And so his power, the fact that I could live differently and let go of the friends that I was. um, So, I mean, my friends literally wanted me. They were like, what are you doing? Um, You're you're not going to go with us. You're not going to do this or that. And I was like, no, I'm not. And for me to say, no, I'm not, that was the power of Jesus. Because Thelma, there is no way her flesh could say that. And so the birth of Jesus in Matthew 1:23, it says the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And through the years, it's been 27 years, and there's been ups and downs and all arounds. But I can guarantee you that the birth of Jesus means that he is with me. He was with me at the darkest times, he's been with me at the greatest times. And his power in my life is so evident to me because I'm definitely not the person, not to say that I've made every great choice or I've made every right decision, but even through the bad decisions, he's helped me to understand that his love never leaves me, that God is constantly with me, and I'm so grateful for that. And something last week that they preached and asked is like, who do you say Jesus is? And after 27 years, I was like, I feel like I've lost a sense of his power, a sense of who he really is. And who do I really say Jesus is? And just going through John one eighteen, it was amazing to say, see who he is. He's full of grace and truth. And thankfully, he's full of grace, because without that grace, who knows where I would be. And without the truth, the truth always sets us free. And the fact that I could say that, okay, Thoma, maybe Jesus isn't as powerful right now in your life, but Jesus allows for you to continue to grow, to continue to be, see him in a different light at this part of your life. And um, I'm grateful for that. And I hope in 2018 I could really begin to tap into that power again. That the things that when I said, the things I thought at 18 that I would say no to, that at the age of 45 that I could tap in and have that same sense of I could see miracles, things that I don't think can really happen in my life, that I can really tap in to Jesus and say that yes, um, it can happen, so the birth of Jesus is a power—a power that not just I but all of us can tap into, uh, because He is so full of grace and truth. Um, and it says, "From the fullness of the, from the fullness of His grace, we receive one blessing after another, and that's our life as Christians—that we constantly receive the blessings from God. So, what an incredible gift that is! And I hope. We don't get blinded by all the madness of the commercial Christmas, but that we can really remember Jesus, Emmanuel, that God is with us. And Merry Christmas to all of you.
2: All right, good morning to all. When I think about uh, the birth of Christ, I think about the new beginning, a better life, uh, hope, not having the, the devil have leverage over my sins. Um, that was one of my biggest struggles when I um, actually went to uh, convert. I mean, I I one time, you know, I grew up Catholic, I, so I did have a foundation in Christ. It's just the idea of, you know, my, my thinking process. And um, so it was, a, it was a battle of being submissive and actually casting out. I mean, I knew I wanted to because I had been away from the sin, but it's just the idea of... Um, not wanting to um, really disclose of it, because it does happen. Where the devil said, hey, you know, nobody wants to know about your past, but it's important that you have somebody to help you through the process and your struggles. And that helped out a lot. So I gave out. I remember walking out of um, um, May's house, and um, I, I, I knew it was the Holy Spirit that held me back. I mean, that uh, told me, hey, you can't do this. You got to go back. You know, it's, uh, for me, it was a do-or-die situation. You know, God speaks to you in so many ways, and, you know, you either take heed or you don't. So I took heed, so I wanted a better life. You know, I've seen other people. I've seen my sister and other people uh, really embrace Christ and, and really had a beautiful life and being able to have someone to, to pray to beyond who you are. And that's, a, that's very vital. So when I think about that, I think about having an everlasting life and um, relationship forever. And um, also I've reflected upon Proverbs 3, 5 that says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not on understanding and always acknowledge him and shall direct your path. So one thing I do do in the morning, pray and ask God every day to direct my path. So easy to um, find so many things that um, you could be attracted to, but that's not healthy for you. So it's important that I stay in constant prayer because I know the devil will always forever and a day be on me but I know victory shall be mine through Christ, that I do know. So I'm not going give, to ever give, give in. I always said when I, when I did give my life to Christ that I wasn't going back, and I'm not. And regardless of what it is, I'm not going back. So uh, I thank God he placed a coworker that used to be in this church right in the right place to, to bring me here. And once I came, I never went back to the mother church. So I knew this is the place where I need to be and I have much work to be done. And I thank you for allowing me to share.
3: Well, as you probably guessed, my name is James Crumpler. And I'm here to talk about hope and a future. You know, life is not fair. I don't say this because I'm getting older and cranky. If I were a teenager, I would still say the same thing. Because you can work long years to have a piece of property, or make a good name for yourself, or own a business, and it can all be gone in a matter of minutes. You know, you've seen the floods. You could probably smell the smoke from the fires. Ever watch the news lately? This world is cold. And for all the good that you can, the good that you can find in it, marriage, friendship, family, peace, prosperity, Satan can mess you up so much that he'll have you thinking that you don't need God. He'll also make you think God doesn't love you. But thank God for Jesus. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to not, and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You know, we often hear this scripture starting from this verse and going forward but I want to remind you about the context of who God was talking to. God was talking to the captives the Babylonians had taken into exile, people who due to their own sin or the sin of others who were who are in a not-so-good situation, people who would have to suffer 70 long years before they had hope in a future. Like me, they had no hope. Well, now, Jesus is my hope and my future. Knowing Jesus was God's plan for me. Because when I was so depressed as a 20-something-year-old many years ago that I wanted to take my own life, it was the hope of Jesus and the Bible that made me think of better days and know that better days could happen. When, as a young Christian, Satan tempted me that I could have sex with my Christian girlfriend, it was the conviction of Jesus that said, Don't mess up her daughter's future. You see, the Spirit reasoned that if we did that and maybe the sister fell away, there would be no hope for her daughter, so we didn't do it. Even now when things aren't going the way that I want them to, I have to always remember that someone somewhere has it worse than me, and they may not even know Jesus. So they probably won't have the scriptures to go to. They probably won't have friends to go get encouragement from. They won't have that. They'll go to the bottle. They'll go to the world and do worldly things. They'll go to drugs. So without hope, for me, there is no future. Without Jesus coming here, dying here, knowing what he knew, I would have no hope. I would have no future. Thank you for letting me share. Amen. Awesome sharing. Guys, let's go ahead
0: and bow our heads and say a word of prayer, and we'll go ahead and take communion all together. Heavenly Father, we uh, come before you as your family, as chosen ones of yours. God, Father, we um, are not only remembering, Father, the birth of Christ today, but we are remembering, Father, His death and His resurrection right now. Father, thank you so much for the hope, the life, the uh, Father, just the life that uh, that you give us, and that Father, the truth, Father, the future. Father, the anchor that you are to each one of us. Father, thank you. You mean everything to us. And I know that Christ is so pleased that as I pray to you now to you, it's all through his name. And Father, help us to imitate our Lord Jesus. Help us to do everything to, to glorify you, to bring you honor, to see your spirit. And Father, may, me, may, may we, Father, be the light of this world and And, Father, may we, Father, tell others, God, of the true story, Father, the spiritual meaning, Father, of Christmas, God. Thank you for blessing us, God. Please be with each one of us. Help us all to reflect on our lives now, God. It's in Jesus' name.